0: Righto, boys. Let's get into phosphate. Centrex deep dive, and Centrex would be like so flattered that they're getting a deep dive on money of mine. I reckon. <laughs> you know
1: how obsessed I am with industrial minerals, mate. It was, it was, um, it was going to happen sooner or later for the Australian domicile punter. Like, what are, the, what are their, what are their um, options to get, you know, phosphate mining exposure? And it's pretty slim pickings out there. The, the phosphate
2: price has done really well over the past two or so years. It got a real yeah. uptick
1: given that a lot of it... Um, Comes out of Russia, right? So, U- Ukraine. So, so yeah, so the, yeah. The, the crisis there sent those, um, yeah, the, the prices of phosphate through the roof. I, I'm very curious, like, if you guys know the source of the phosphate that was actually on Nauru, where did that phosphate come from?
0: Right g'day, money mourners. Twenty first of August, Monday. Welcome to the show. And JD is back in town after his gallivantation activities. Is that a word? <laughs> is that the fucking?
2: Is that the addition? We'll of the put word? it in the Matty Michael dictionary, hey? Yes. How'd you go at Melbourne, JD? Good. Had a, a couple interviews, which I uh, which will trickle out this week. Uh, should we Should we reveal who? Go, go right ahead, sunshine. We had one with Hedley Witter, who uh, is one of the, the investment managers at Lion Selection Group. So they focus on that early stage and they're, they're pretty cashed up at the moment. So it's interesting to see where they're going to be allocating capital to in the in the next sort of period. And he focuses a lot on the, the period of the cycle we're in at the moment. And another one with John Forward. So he, he is the CIO at Lowell Resource Fund resources fund and yeah also quite interesting also another group that focuses heavily on that early stage exploration they've got quite a big portfolio as opposed to lion so i think they were they were pretty good chats and keen to hear what the money miners think they're uh, they're loving the azure share price they they were in that
0: Pretty yeah. early. Well they were in that when we were talking to Richie Morrow from Lull about it. So they're yeah, so done they were, pretty well there.
2: It was a great nickel pick from them, but it now <laughs> now makes up a, a really substantial part of their portfolio. So it is interesting to to chat through that uh, one as well as a, a number of other names that they're holding.
1: Very good, Trav. How are you, Sunshine? Hey, Maddie, I'm well rested. It's been a, a good weekend. You so. a big sleep on the weekend, <laughs> big Friday night, mate. <laughs> you know me, mate. I like to I like to get uh, a lot of Z's in over the weekend, Wime so I'm ready. To, I'm ready to give it my all come the week for the money miners, mate.
0: Well, money miners. I hope you enjoyed the five inch interview uh, with Patrick the intern. I reckon he done a bloody sensational job. We might have a short coming out of him, uh, a couple of outtakes of him shitting bricks at the start, <laughs> which is. Um, Ah, it's good for entertainment. Uh, where is he today? He's done his episode and fucked off. Where's <laughs> bloody, He's not on the not on the tools. He'll, He'll be back. He's, be got, be back. he's, he's not got, getting paid either. He got, <laughs> he got what he wanted out of us. Now he's left.
2: No, that's not fair. He put that, in a great shift and he's he got did, he's got, did, got did, some did. uni work to get
0: back to. Oh yeah, do I? Saw, yeah, forgot he does have a life other than us. Yeah. I actually got another employment request from so today. So, oh, Mm. mate, we're bloody... You're in demand. Mate, and for those talking, and apologies for the focus on my camera in uh, Firefinch. Mate, I've been on YouTube all morning, vaping the shit out of the joint out of frustration, but I've figured it out and it will not happen again. I learned a lot about fucking Sony cameras today. Who would have thought just smartphone connection being on
1: would be the problem. I can't believe that. You Fuck changed mate. about 400 settings today and you finally figured out what we're all, fixes the focus. We're all good. We're sorted. I think your camera tweaking is actually going to be the catalyst that gets us to 4,000 subscribers. Speaking of 4K
0: now. cameras, we need to get to 4K <laughs> subscribers. Money miners. Money miners. We're close. We're bloody close. You, well, listen are the difference? Not the money miners because the money miners are all subscribed, but anyone that isn't a money miner and that wishes to sort of casually become one, click that subscribe on
1: YouTube. Well, I think I read that 55% of the people who watch our videos are not subscribed. So oh, There you go. Bloody click the button, you doofus.
0: And we have all legitimate subscribers and legitimate views within the first 24
1: hours. We, we do, <laughs> unlike some people in the
2: space. Exactly. <laughs> so, Maddie, what's on the menu, mate?
0: What is on the menu? We've got a few capital raisins to go through, and uh, you boys would go a bit on the twenty-nine metals uh, upcoming impairment for the Capricorn copper operations. Yeah. And you boys are doing speak about things I never thought I'd talk
2: about—a phosphate deep dive. <laughs> Yeah, I think we just scratched the surface in actual fact, <laughs> but we'll give it a go. Leo, lithium get, get get gets a centrics,
0: shout. Centrex.
2: And one that is uh, ding, 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 we own a couple. WA1, they had a couple results out from their lunny discovery up in the West Arunta. Yeah, so we'll, very good. we we'll have a little chat about them. Why don't we get into it? Let's get into it. We'd like to thank our great partners at Top
0: Drill sponsor sponsoring this episode and all the uh look, what a bloody event we went to at Diggers. A great event hosted for him there, Sundowner. They congratulations, we've said numerous times to the toppies for uh raising a lot of cash for charity. So That's what it. a what a bloody good looking shed it was too. <laughs> Schmick. Bloody and didn't mind the free piss either. So
2: <laughs> mate, you do ads <laughs> in a different way to anyone thanks, I've ever seen before. Thanks,
0: Timmy and Angela. <laughs> Top drill. drill. Thanks, guys. Drilling into the future, I <laughs> reckon. All right. Uh, let's rip it. Capital capital raises, hey? Azure AZS mm. and lithium. They're tapping the market and not for a small amount either. No. 120 million bucks. Uh, and then another ten million dollar share purchase. Been I think it was hundred million was within their raising their capacity, and then the trench two twenty million twenty million was shareholder approval. So uh, two bucks forty they're raising at twelve point four percent discount the last closing price, five point three percent discount to the five day VWAP. They did have that run up to two bucks ninety the other week, um, where there was the media speculation that SQM were going to come in and. Lob a yeah. bid for them.
2: Yeah, they were very hot at diggers, weren't they? A lot of they were attracting a lot of attention. So But I, supp- I suppose looking at those discounts, even though there was that
0: rise, but you're looking at those discounts to last week's trading, they're obviously getting a lot more support than a lot of other companies in the from the equity markets. So it's sure looking like a pretty good bloody uh pretty good project on the go. Yeah,
2: and it lays out the strategy for them, right? Bumping that uh that deal at $2.30 from SQM last week. Yeah. And now they want capital on board and then just gonna crack on with, with <laughs> a lot of drilling, I'd imagine, to really size up what they've got at handover. Mm, so you got the so you
0: got you got Baron Joey uh, joint lead managers with Canaccord, and then as you said, Trav there, Baron yeah. Jowies are their what their takeover defenders. Defense defense
1: advisors, yeah. So when you're subject to a, a takeover offer, um sometimes in preparation you'll appoint a defense advisor. In this case we read in the announcement that came. Last week, that Baron Joey were appointed defence advisor to Azula. So, if there's any corporate transaction there on the M and A front, then um, yeah, Barron Joey clip a ticket on the way there. The capital raise, in my mind, in some ways, is also a bit of a defence strategy too.
0: Yeah, right. Why is that?
1: Uh, it just it just gives you like like if a company's trying to acquire you, you want the project you don't want the cash that they have right so you have to sort of pay more and it's a premium on top of cash as opposed to a project yeah. so and it just makes you a bit more bulletproof to defend stuff yeah oftentimes a large capital raise works as a defense strategy depending also depends on the dilution out um, outcomes of any um, of the shareholders as well in this case you actually see sqm maintain their uh, shareholding so it doesn't doesn't actually at the margin dilute them in any way shape or form and,
2: and on the big shareholders creasy they've said they'll go in for their their pro rata so that is for their share ownership in azua yeah but remember their 40 percent ownership of mm. the project which is going up by the day what yeah 40 percent's worth that and that is not something that they have to fund, right? That's yeah. um,
0: an SQM prorating their shareholding too to maintain their twenty percent. Yeah. So yeah. I'd be interested to hear from the money miners, and you two might be able to provide some color. I wonder how much, if you think of what Creasy's going to make out of this project, how it rates in what he's made out of previous projects. Wonder. I wonder what some
2: of the big wins that he has had over his career. But I think it's it's sort of. The financial outcomes are kind of skewed now that he has a lot of capital, he can take bigger positions, mm. and the the wins in a dollar value get get bigger and bigger and bigger. You, you know,
1: c- you could evaluate the free carried interest like for like with uh, Sirius potentially, yeah. and just have a look at that. I actually think he so made. So did he
0: start discover he had that ground initially? Did he Sirius?
1: Yeah, that was yeah. So just Nova, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was crazy. Have to be pretty bloody big. That's why Creasy Huge. has ended up with a good chunk of. IGO stock, and I think he's made a lot of money just writing IGO as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, chuck it on the to-do list. Righto, next up, Rocks, you and me, RXL, refractory gold. Now, I actually had a great yarn with, uh, we've touted him refractory Rob, Rob <laughs> Ryan, had a yarn with him at Diggers. Absolute bloody ripper of a bloke talking all things refractory. And, yeah. um, I, I didn't know that, I think I mentioned it before, that Fosterville has like a, a Biox part to the processing flow sheet where they get rid of all the preg robbing material and the refractory material so yeah it was a very enlightening conversation about the whole biox side of things and how there are that uh the bugs you'd say can be used to get rid of your shales and things of the preg robbing in flow sheet. so it's very
1: he, that's why he's called refractory rob he knows <laughs>
0: shitloads about refractory
1: yeah i nicknamed him refractory rob because- has that been the first use of this nickname it might be I don't know if anyone else calls him that but I do um, It is there because <laughs> I think he I think he had a good stint at I want to say Paddington which is uh, there's refractory ore there is that, is that correct yeah but yeah? he was at Bardock prior yes yeah, it, was, so, it yeah. was Paddington to Bardock now Bardocks yeah. of course got aphrodite which is um, refractory and then and now rocks so he just goes he goes for the refractory follows the arsenic yeah <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to do the hard work, mate.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he's absolutely – and uh, I'll tell you what, if we want to do a refractory episode, he is the man because he was – bloody, he was a great convo ad with him. So yeah. what are they – we don't know what they're tapping the market for. No, nah, they're, they're just
1: trading hot the raising money. Um, there's the, – the, they did a deal about five months ago between Rocks and Venus Metals just to consolidate a JV under Rocks and there's been a bit more buzz about that company uh, like since then and obviously the change in management with, with Rob Ryan – there are now, so uh, we'll see where it all leads. Oh, I'm looking at me camera and just seeing that little square following me eyes,
0: and I know I'm focused. I'm just I'm that, at that much ease that this is sorted. <laughs> we can talk about a win. Right, Centrax boys.
1: Oh, mate, we're going to do a deep dive in a moment, but, but we'll give you the so higher they're, level. They're raising money today. Um, they've got the Ardmore phosphate mine, and this one was put on our agenda via a money miner within the uh, Hooteroo group chat, which if you're not in there, get in there, it's great. Um, And this money miner pointed out to me because he knows my love for industrial minerals. He said, Trav, check out Centrex. It's the only uh, industrial minerals company on the ASX that is uh, actually making money. And um, so I put them on, on my watch list and what I, I get alerted for today, they're raising money. So I don't know if they are making money. They, they're making, they, they are making money. It's just five shareholders, <laughs> technically. Uh, so they're raising $5 bucks today, um, $4 million plus a $1 million SPP at $0.09, cents, which is a fair way lower than the $0.20. Cent. Uh, peak they had five months ago. We'll JD and I'll do a bit of a deep dive into them after uh doing that deep stories. dive. <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll look forward to it. But right, twenty-nine Reynolds boys. They've had a bit of an insurance claim update and uh, in, uh likely upcoming impairment they're putting towards their Capricorn copper projects. Run it run us through it. It's uh been oh, I'll tell you what Talk about a bloody uh,
1: misfortune from a shitload of rain. Yeah, there's a couple of things baked into this one-page update from 29 Metals today. The first one is that they've flagged a, a non-cash impairment of between $180 million and $210 million for their Capricorn copper project in Queensland there, which is still suffering from that. Enormous rainfall event.
2: We've seen a couple of them lately, haven't we?
1: Yeah. And for context, the book value uh, as at 31 December was 373 million. So implying, you know, the carrying value now will be about 200 million. Was that just just for Capricorn Copper mm-hmm. or for yep. 29 metals Yeah, yeah, yep. yep. um, so, so and then, then how does that non-cash impairment get treated? So that how does that work? That's the book value. That's the that's you know when you see a, a balance sheet and you see. Ah, uh, the value of 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 the assets on the balance sheet. Some of those assets relate to you know mineral properties. This is the carrying value of Capricorn Copper as it relates to the the net assets of the company.
0: So how and how does it affect the company and the share price that they've um, putting that impairment on on the books now? The
2: the value of the asset on the balance sheet is different to the market value of the asset. So I'm sure the the market already had a a decent sense of what they think the asset is worth. And that's unrelated to the accounting value that that you see on the book. And that's what's been written down. Nonetheless, I think, I do, I think the share tax, price tax is off a little bit. Is there any this? Yeah, there's,
1: there's a whole bunch. The, the weight, yeah, depreciation, all that sort of stuff can flow through in various ways. But the piece of information that is new that really matters today is just this is an indication to uh, shareholders in the market of what the company thinks the damage is. And so to the extent that there's a little bit of management guidance out in relation to um, how the company thinks of the value of the asset that's sort of captured in this circa two hundred million dollar write down, and now the insurance payment. Yeah, and and you read this announcement, and it sort of reads a little bit like there's a dispute with the insurers potentially in relation to the extent of coverage of the insurance policy that they have. Of course, Twenty Nine Metals is seeking um, some an insurance payout in relation to the to the rainfall event and the damage it's caused up there. The insurers. They've made an initial payment of 24 million bucks for surface and associated business interruption. Um, there's a claim process for the balance that's still within that category um, that's ongoing, and then and then there's a, a point in relation to underground loss and damage. The insurers have taken the position that the policy does not respond. Mm. So that uh, that's an interesting point to me. And I, my question to you, Maddie. With a bit of knowledge of how it is. Yeah, I'd like to get involved. Cheers, boys. (laughs) Like, where do you you think the majority of the claim would would sit? Do you think the large amount of value is actually in relation to the surface um, infrastructure and disruption to activities, or is it in relation to the underground? Where's the majority of the damage, as you would interpret it? It would depend on how much rehab they've got to do down there. So, obviously, the water's corroded
0: a lot of the, the ground support, so it will have to be replaced and, you know, electrical boxes and fans that were flooded would have to be replaced. So, there's there's the cost of that. So, depending on how much of that there is, would you weigh it up against the cost of, of the surface. Then there's the production issues that will arise from the the caved dirt, the broken dirt, like oxidising um, cooking due to the water and the presence of the sulphides there. So there's that production, um, the production impact of it. But if you're on the sh- side now, I'm hypothesising here, I don't know if this is the case, <clears throat> but if you're an insurer and they have a sublevel cave mine, they have no way of protecting that underground mine from water ingress they've like not 29 metals because they didn't start the mine but they've bought the mine and the chosen mining method is sublevel cave so I don't know if they're saying well you have a sub-level cave you've got no way of um stopping that water going in uh that is your problem I'm not I'm not sure but that's that was sort of the first thing that come to mind is why they mightn't be applying this to the underground because they've got no way of keeping the water out you can't put a, You can't put a big fucking apron over the top of the bloody – or you could, it would be a big bloody apron yeah. over the top of the sinkhole at the surface. So it
2: looked like there was a fair bit of
0: water
1: in those photos. Yeah, so
0: I don't know. I'm not sure if that's the reason. If anyone's got a bit extra colour on that, uh, let us know.
1: Yeah.
2: So it kind of brings us to the interesting question, which we've been alluding to for quite a few months now, and that's the, the capital raise. And the AFR wrote about this last week, like we flagged at the time, and then, you know, it's something you don't see every day. The AFR pulled the article offline. So the, the figures, um, if I'm thinking correctly, guys, was 100 million and
1: 40 cents, 100 million US. That's what the AFR, yeah, there was speculation yes. from the AFR that, that 29 Metals were raising the US 100 million at, at 40 cents per share. But Oof. that was squashed pretty much um, within two hours of it being posted. We, cause well, we, they're about 68 cents today, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, I think they come off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the US dollar pricing is interesting. I mean, 29 Metals, they do have their debt facility in US dollars. And I think to the extent that they all, um, might have a balance sheet stress, it'll, it'll be in relation to servicing their debt and what, what the demands of the, the lenders are in my mind. I mean, you look at their balance sheet now, they've got 127 million Aussie in cash and cash equivalents. This is at 30 June. Um, they also in the last quarter – you know, fully drew down a US $40 million working capital debt facility, which took them all the way up to US $166 million in drawn debt. Um, It it reminds me of when we spoke about St. Barbara.
2: What we can't completely see here are what sort of covenants that they have internally around some of the debt. And maybe I think you mentioned earlier today, Trav, that some of these commercial banks that are lending the capital – could be pressing twenty nine medals to say you are getting close, or you're breaching some of the covenants. You need a uh, you know raise yeah. a bit of capital, in, or have a bit more in, cash
1: on the books. In twenty nine medals' case, they've they they have disclosed that they've got letters of support from their lenders to um, you know in, in this period of sort of. But they'd also waived some. Yeah, there's there's I think you know a waiver in relation yeah. to some of the, the obligations, but so it looks like that their lenders are are supportive for um for some pretty you know tricky times, but. If you are a lender, the most important thing is that you get repaid. And um, if that requires an injection of of new equity, then, you know, you'll be be encouraging a company to do so with the powers that you have. So we still think that 29 Metals is going to need to repair their balance sheet via equity.
0: I think they were anticipating to get a lot more than $24 million from the insurance claim. I'm yeah. pretty sure. And
1: keep in mind, this, they still need to make a $26 million stamp duty payment as well, which they flagged yeah. in their last quarterly for Golden the, Grove.
0: Another thing that comes to mind with the insurance side with Underground, if they're looking to claim insurance against equipment and capital infrastructure, I would think the insurer would say, why didn't you pull it out earlier? Or if it started rating, what? It, and there was predicted, why didn't you get it out Yep. Like remove that infrastructure instead of leaving it in there and hoping the best. Talking out my
2: ass a bit there, but that could be another. I'm sure the insurers would want to fight having a pay.
0: Oh, yeah, they'll be coming up with every – yeah, if yeah. they said, oh, you left it down there for three days, you could have pulled yeah. all the machinery out and
2: the boxes and the fans. Yeah, um, yeah so we, we, we spoke about 29 medals a few weeks back when during quarterly season in the context of speaking about Galena, Panoramic <laughs> – uh, Poseidon Nickel, and we've unfortunately been uh, proven correct in a few of those cases where it's it's just hard work and, you know, we saw the capital raise that Panoramic had to go and do. So let's sort of hope these guys can... Unless
0: you're a zoo. Piece of piss.
2: <laughs> yeah, we weren't speaking about them in the same
0: context. <laughs> Hundred million. It's yeah. so just 100. fucking yeah. Big big tease. Just said right, Angie, Angie boys. Mm. Yeah, and just before we move
1: on, um, the twenty-four million, Maddie, was just the initial payment. There's still more to come. We don't know what the remaining quantum of yeah. the insurance payment will be. Did that? So
0: that's not the that's the that's not. All that's going to come for the surface. No, stuff. there's more. There's more to come for so surface more, with claims. More to come for surface.
1: Um, yeah, ongoing. So it's not. It's not the end of the.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know what component is attributed yeah. to the underground. Yep. All righty. One. J. D. Dig 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 dig. How are they going? You up a bit on WA one. I mean, they've
2: been, been trading in and around this level for quite a few months now, and I think um, yeah, a couple of us have to disclose a bit of a holding here. Are you so, on that too, Trav? Yep.
0: Good work, mate. Yep.
2: So they came those. out with fifteen more holes today from their Lunny Discovery up in, in the West Arnto as we touched on it. Looney on. or Lunny? Lo- I think Looney. I
0: thought it was Looney. Yeah, I think it's Looney. You're Looney. off
2: the your head, Jade. Maybe that's how <laughs> Looney they it. Looney in mate, Melbourne. Yeah. You've been mate, there all week. <laughs> mate, just look at the spelling. <laughs> <laughs> it's got Lunny all over it. I can um, be wrong. So they're they're talking about that shallow blanket of mineralization that extends one and a half kilometers now and another interesting point from the announcement today was that the maiden resource estimate has been delayed. So it was going to come out in the fourth quarter of this calendar year. And now it's going to expecting to see that drop in half one of twenty twenty four. So yeah, the, the one thing we always touch on with WA1, the whole thing just hinges on metallurgy. So, yeah, needless to say, they, they repeat that again and that's what we're really looking for. And the company's also flagged that they've started doing some more work to see how how the met sort of shapes up. So all up, 15 kilometres have been drilled now. They're going to crack on with some more infill drilling. They've been doing it on a sort of 200 by 200 metre spacing grid and they, they mentioned expanding that on a 100 by 100 metre grid
1: now.
0: So. so, J.D., what was Manny Datt's opinion on the Met? Did he have any sort of insight into yeah, it? Yeah, he did. When you, his when you his, his response,
1: about? I remember listening to it clearly, his response was um, just, he said, the, you know, the best kind of um, optimism in relation to the Met, while it's still uncertain, is is the high grade gives you a degree of confidence that you can have lower recovery and still have an economic deposit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Ah, shout out to Manny Dutt, true
1: <laughs> friend of the show.
0: Right, Leo Lithium boys, yeah, mate. coming on, uh, following on from our great little five-inch chat.
1: Very timely, the I other think. Day. Yeah, this is a um, shout out to to Paddy who who called this one correctly. He predicted because it was um, sort of pen that. Leo Lithium uh, were set to have an announcement today and hopefully come out of suspension. Paddy said he reckons that they'll probably just extend the voluntary suspension, which they have done. But I read the wording very curiously, uh, Maddie, and they've only extended their suspension for another two days. And they say um, that you know they anticipate an announcement before Wednesday, the twenty third of August, which is in two days' time. Let's let's wait and see, mate. I'm I'm hopeful that. Uh, shareholders will have a bit more clarity on on what the discussions have been between Leo and the government of Mali so um, yeah let's 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 hope that that one can be quoted on on the um on the stock exchange again soon and trading for for everyone to have a degree of liquidity and certainty mm,
0: more news to come this week for the money miners right oh boys let's get into phosphate centrix <laughs> Deep dive and Centrex would be like so flattered that they're getting a deep dive on money of mine, I reckon.
1: But uh, hey, we're all about diversification here. Yeah, well, you know how you know how obsessed I am with industrial minerals, mate. It was it was um it was going to happen sooner or later. Oh, we just they... we love them that much. But JD's done more work than me on this one, so I'm <laughs> not sure I am. We'll, we'll give a, we'll give it a bit of context because that's what I needed to
2: get up to speed with this company. So they're they're a fairly small. Business kept at 60 million going into the raise today. And they had at 30th June 7.3 million in cash. So they've got the Ardmore phosphate rock project in northwest Queensland. And they claim to be the first Aussie company that's exported beneficiated phosphate rock. So phosphate, the the phosphate price has done really well over the past two or so years. It got a real yeah. uptick given that a lot of it um,
1: comes out of russia right so ukraine so uh, yeah the the crisis there sent those um yeah the the prices of phosphate through the roof i think also um you had you had the the bloody potash went through the roof around that same period of time as well because a lot of that came comes out of ukraine and exactly they stayed elevated the prices and these these are you know phosphate with phosphate and and potash are kind of these key elements that go into fertilizers yeah, well, the Agreed.
0: first I used oh, the only time I've ever talked about phosphate was shout out to Gordon Atkinson. He was an uh, uh, engineer over have uh new that knew, and he was did mining engineering work
2: at Nauru. Oh, mate, that's that's going to be
1: that's a fun fact to come later. Oh, I got got to save that one. That's why Nauru <laughs> will get a mention.
2: <laughs> yeah. So yeah, over ninety percent of phosphate rock goes to fertilizer and animal feed supplements, like we sort of touched on there. So more on Centrix specifically, they wanted to export. 440,000 tons of phosphate rock so that's a decent size you know amount of product to get out and given that they're near Mount Isa what they do is they truck it to Mount Isa and then they chuck it on the train to the port of Townsville and what the the raising centers around is stage what they call stage 1.5 so they want to get up to 625,000 tons of product so A couple like rounding out details on how the company works. They do long-term offtake contracts. We touched on the price being quite elevated, but you don't know exactly what they're getting there. They speak about a beneficiated process or beneficiation process. Yeah, so they said they got an average bloody
0: thing, isn't it? That's what is that? That's all it means.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and there's different sort of pricing levels. So they said that they got an average of four hundred to Aussie dollars per ton. Over the over FY '23, which is was their first year of production, not a full year, and they produced seventy three thousand tons. So, it's a
1: small mine, right? Like you, we've seen photos of it; it looks pretty small, and there's a degree of trucking before it goes on a train. So you can imagine that the the cost profile of this operation it's not a bloody it's not it's not a Q one cost producer. It's going to be a yeah, you know, the so high cost producer. I
2: kind of I kind of think of them like a high cost. Iron ore mine. You know, it is a sort of bulk moving type of operation, and there are some really massive players in this market. You've got Nutrient, they capped at over 40 billion. Mosaic capped wow. at 20 odd billion. ICL or Israel Chemicals capped at over 12 billion, and then you've got these huge groups that aren't even public. So a lot of this stuff comes from Morocco, and that's one one of the um, like the index pricing is done. It it's Moroccan phosphate rock. And, yeah, their private business there and the OCP group are just huge players in this market. Most of the farms in Australia get their supply from Morocco.
1: It is interesting. You mentioned those um, companies in the billions there, mate, the deck of billions. Yeah. And M- mention the ones on the other end of the spectrum now, Trev. Yeah, and it poses the question because none of those companies are listed on the ASX. So for the, um, for the Australian domicile punter, like what are the what are their what are their um, options to get you know phosphate mining exposure and it's pretty slim pickings out there there is of course Centrex which we are talking about right now there's a company called Minboss they have an 87 million dollar market cap developing the Kataka phosphate mine in Angola so a bit of our africa risk thrown into it as well Kataka yeah, Kakata. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they plan to produce granules um, for nutrient feedstock near the mine via a, their own fertiliser plant as well. They, didn't they have the
2: plan as well just to distribute it all in in country or in the region as well?
1: You're potentially right there, JD. And then there's a couple of um, Australian projects in there as well that are – uh, putting forward a bit of a DSO plan to market. The first being RareX. They've got a $25 million market cap. The main thing people would know them for is their Cummins Range Rare Earth project. But they claim there's a DSO phosphate ore body sitting on top of their Rare Earths um, ore body there with um, you know a bit of an early cash flow plan they have. And then Avenira, $25 million market cap, another DSO pitch. This one's based in the Northern Territory though. And the project is the Winara Phosphate project. So, you know, if you just compare the market caps there to the ones that you mentioned, they are um, in a different league altogether. Mm.
2: So a bit of scope on where the company's trying to go. Like we just touched on, they produce 73,000 tonnes. They're aiming for this coming calendar year to do 440,000 tonnes. What they're trying to fund here is stage 1.5, which will get them to 625,000 tonnes per annum. And then onward, they're trying to get to stage two, which is eight eight 800,000 tonnes per annum so what the funding for that they're raising now is going to go toward a new tailing storage a new camp facility brine ponds and drying pads and they talk about an operating cost of aussie 160 to 180 so given that that is higher than where the phosphate price was just a few years back it does really indicate what you said trav that they're a they're a high cost producer and Lastly on the on the raising there they haven't going back a while they've spoken about this funding that they need to get it in to get this stage 1.5 done but they don't really flag what the whole thing is going to cost so I'm not convinced that what they're raising today plus the cash that they have on hand already is going to be enough for them to get this thing all up and running but maybe we'll be proven wrong when they come out with a bit more color on on what they've got planned for the future?
1: Yeah, let's let's see, mate, and hopefully they can um, make some money from their operations and and uh, funnel that you know into some of their growth plans as well i've got a, i've got a fun fact, I've got a so fun Trav, fact
0: i do apologize for all the times i ruin your fun facts in advance because i don't read the
1: it's, notes it's because you can read my mind mate we're no, on the, I, we're on the same I way, think It's
0: because i just don't read the fucking show notes or anything and just go rogue i do apologize it's, i hope we can still get along that's
1: okay mate it's um it's that good a fun fact i'm sure the listeners probably already know it as well but are you guys ready for ready for the fun factor
0: right? oh here we go all
1: right so I noticed one of Centrex's most recent announcements was an agreement to commence exploration on Barnaba Island, one of those Pacific islands. It's only 300 kilometers from Nauru, which you mentioned there. Maddie, Barnaba was um, subject to phosphate mining back in the day, just like Nauru was too. You guys know the. I'm, I'm very curious. Like, if you guys know the source of the phosphate that was actually on Nauru, where did that phosphate come from?
2: Bird shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it did indeed. Oh, that's, mate,
2: that's a lot of
0: gastro to bloody yeah. pump out a whole it's, bloody deposit, it isn't was it? Millions Is it
1: not, of years of seagull shit.
2: It's not the only island in the... No. in the middle of nowhere that has there.
1: No, there's there's heaps of well, it's quite a few of those Pacific islands um, are great great phosphate sources because and of it, the seagull shit.
2: And they must have um, shut in the same
0: spot because I remember Gordo used to tell me they mined them in. They were called pinnacles mm. or pillars. Like yeah. It's like they were, I think that these phosphate pinnacles were like.
2: Pods of it, so they obviously just shut in the same spot. Wow. maybe it all sank. I mean, into given, these given all... the whole island is like a cane a bit by a cane a bit, Small. and there's no other islands for quite a while. Yeah, I think
0: courteous of them, they didn't chuck it in the ocean, like the. They're like, they, that was their place to shit.
1: It's fascinating. Well, I guess they've got to sit down. It's got to be comfortable, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like, you've got to
0: get on. You've got to, you've got to check all the stock announcements and everything. Take your phone in and have a vape for 20 minutes.
1: And, mate, Nauru, they've they got this phenomenal history uh, in this respect. Like in 1975, right, Nauru had the second highest GDP per capita um, in the world. It was number wow. two only to Saudi Arabia. What's the population? Uh, it would have been tiny, but like, you know, the per capita bit is, um, yeah, the, the, the number of people on the island is a big driver there. But it just goes to show how lucrative the phosphate mining there was. The grade was amazing, all that sort of stuff. And and there were royalties um, from the phosphate mining that were, were accrued by the government and famously torched as well um, by a bit of you know mismanagement of capital. Spectacularly poor investments that they made included, would you believe it or not, investing in a West End musical that completely flopped, and it was about a love affair between Leonardo da Vinci and Mona Lisa.
0: Oh, geez, that sounds—that
1: actually sounds all right.
0: Yeah, well, you wouldn't—you've never heard of it
1: because it was <laughs> it uh, flopped. no good, but There's still um, opportunity. Nauru felt like it was a good. So, investment. when
0: was the? Dis- pension center and all that was that
1: that there? popped up early 2000s mid yes. 2000s and and that's the big uh, economic driver of, of Nauru, the people of Nauru today
0: is that and still there
1: Yeah, it's still yeah. there it's it's had periods where it's closed in between different different governments but um, the center the center's still there it's had, it's had years of being operational and not uh, not operational very bloody interesting
0: trav yeah, mate. Good stuff. Yeah. Jesus, good to have J.D. back, eh? Hey? Oh, oh, mate. Oh, sensational. Rounds Man, it out, doesn't oh, he? Because, like, to be honest, like the whole transfer and files and everything's a pain in the arse over it. <laughs> so it's just good to have you here just for editing convenience, J.D. <laughs>
2: Pleasure to be here with you, mate. I <laughs> oh, love it.
0: Right, hey, boys. What, what, that's it, eh? Hey?
1: Yeah, mate. That's it. I think yeah. The only, the only <laughs> that's, only, <laughs> that's where it. we stop talking. That's just it. <laughs> yeah, we've got we got some um sponsors so, to thank some partners to thank. Um, and, and yeah, jump in the bloody Hootaroo group chat if you if you aren't there already. Mm. Thanks to
2: Terra, Anytime, exploration services, top drill. JP Search. And K Drill. K. Hey, drill. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. If you got a do you have a favourite out of any of the five boys?
0: No,
1: we're not allowed to do that. (laughs)
0: Who pays the most? They're the (laughs) favourite. We love (laughs) us all. I do love Rhino, Sullivan a lot. The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.